Jennifer Bridges. Please introduce yourself. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. And thank you, Dr. McCullough. You are my third guest today, all three of which Dr. McCullough put me in touch with. So shout out Dr. McCullough as always. But please take it away. Yes, I got to give a shout out to Dr. McCullough too. Very busy, amazing, bad. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bad words, but badass man. You can say whatever whatever the fuck you want. That guy's a total badass. Oh, I love you. Okay, (laughs) yes, he is the most absolute badass. I have the most highest respect for him. Um, Yes, I'm glad he put us in touch. And I'm going to love being on the show now. Um, (laughs) But no, my name is Jennifer Bridges. I'm a registered nurse. Um, I've been a nurse for about nine years now, almost eight years. I spent at Houston Methodist where they were great until this whole COVID and the vaccine mandate showed up and we were the first ones in the nation to get that mandate and enough of us just didn't like it. So I fought that like back like crazy and, uh, we're still fighting to this day. You know, what all does that entail when you when you fight back? You know, I've had different people who have quit their jobs, other have resigned, others have forced their employers to fire them. What all what power do you guys have um, when you guys all got together? Um, did it did it change anything? What how exactly have you guys fought back? How has it changed? Oh, well, we've done so far. Nothing has changed. We're waiting to see what the courts say. But um, we were the first vaccine mandate in the whole country. Basically, Uh, last year, our deadline was June 7th. So we did everything in, in our power. Right. I kind of I was the first one to like really speak out and try to help. There were like thousands of people not wanting to take it. Um, so I started, I, I even had a meeting with our CEO, CNO. That went really ugly. Tried to negotiate. They did not give a shit. They did not care whatsoever. Super agenda. My CEO, David Bernard, even looked at me in the face and he's like, 100% vaccination is more important than y'all's individual autonomy. And I just did not care. He said, there's the door you can leave. We'll fill your spot. So I got mad. Asked to speak to the head CEO, wouldn't talk to me, set our mandate for June 7th. So then I went nuts. I started contacting the media. It blew up. I got all over the uh, national and the international news. I mean, everything you can think of. I even had like BBC in my backyard. (laughs) I I mean, it was insane. I had the Wall Street Journal, USA Today. They're flying in from Washington. They're in my kitchen. I mean, you name it, they all wanted a piece of it, right? Um, Because we were the first ones and I was the first one like, oh, hell no, you know, we're not doing this. So, and then all the bad publicity, the news, we, I got so many good protests in front of the uh, Methodist hospital. We had the public calling, complaining, even people all over the country calling them like they could not keep up with it. Um, I got an online petition going. Uh, I can't, I haven't even kept track of it lately. There's some 15,000 or more, maybe. So I have no idea how many's on it now. Um, and finally, like they were not budging. They did not care one bit. But but what I do know is uh, they were scared and they didn't know. They had no clue. They were so arrogant and cocky. They did not think that we could we could get to where we did at such a big national level. And they didn't expect anyone to fight back because I have friends up there that are by the CEOs and all that. And they were telling me just how blown away they were. Like they couldn't even keep up with the phone calls. They literally even had meetings about me um, where they'd like get people together and be like, if you know, you know what she's up to next, please tell us Um, because we want to try to get like like the upper hand. And it was it was insane. So I got a lawyer. Um, I rounded up almost 200 people together that all were in jeopardy of their jobs. And we filed a state and a federal lawsuit. And I've got not only nurses, but I've got so much staff from the whole hospital, um, physicians, vendors, contractors, and even Houston Police Department officers because they were running security. And our state suit, our hearings in May, and our federal ones in the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals right now. And we're going to hear something in the next couple of weeks because we just turned our brief in in November. The evil Methodist lawyers filed an extension. They literally turned theirs in yesterday. They waited till the last day, of course. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to find out what date we're going to get in front of the Fifth Circuit in New Orleans. And then I'm going to blow that up too. And I want everybody to surround that place. Like I want them to know like, 
this needs to stop. So were you, so you've been a nurse for nine years. So to walk this back, you were also there from like the, all of 2020, right? The beginning of the pandemic and. Oh yeah. And can you say just like how hectic was that? How in demand were the nurses? I mean, I remember seeing every, you know, it was just, you know, everything on every social and I'm not even making fun of it. Right. Everything was just like frontline heroes. You know, I'm, I was 30 at the time. So like I didn't, I was like, well, I'm going to be fine. But like, I totally got it. Can you kind of just explain how hectic it was then, how sleep deprived, how overworked, just were you guys really feeling like this is the fight? Yeah, you you went through different like kind of roller coasters, like up and down. Um, I worked the COVID unit on and off the entire time. Like I caught COVID from my patient. I mean, the whole nine yards, right? Um, unfortunately, some passed away. Like you saw everything from like, you know, head to toe, basically. But when, there's a lot of stuff people don't actually understand that happened. So like when COVID first happened, they basically were telling people, don't come in here unless you absolutely have to. We're canceling procedures. Like our hospitals were literally like half half the normal amount of patients. Like we didn't barely have any patients the first few months of COVID. And they were literally sending us home. They were putting us on call. They didn't need us because they didn't want people there unless they were basically like, you know, in bad shape. So then that went on a few months and we weren't even working that much. And then all of a sudden it blew up, it hit and it just exploded. So you had, um, you know, all the beds were getting filled. Um, each nurse, because usually nurses would take about four to six patients a person. But with COVID, with all that PPE head to toe, which took a while, you could only take like two or three. So there was constantly a shortage. And then they, it, there'd be points where they would be asking you to work overtime. They'd even pay you extra money if you'd pick up an extra shift. Um, they were trying to throw around money left and right to try to get people to work more. And then it would like die back down, you know, it would kind of calm down and then it would all hit back up again. Like it just kept going through waves and they never, they never quite got what they were doing. I mean, they're even at the beginning of COVID when it first hit, you're, you're going to crack up at this one. When it first hit, they literally told us not to wear masks. They said when COVID first broke out, they said, don't wear any masks. We don't want you scaring the patients. Don't even worry about it. So we're like, okay. And then it turned into, okay, now we're surgical masks. Now we want you to wear surgical masks. So we did that and they didn't work. It did nothing. Like that's when I caught COVID. Then it turned into wearing, you know, let's wear an N95. But prior to COVID, you were only supposed to wear the N95 like one day, you know, in one person's room. That's it. And then it went from that to, okay, we can wear it for three days. Okay, now you can turn it in, label it with your name. We'll do this crazy, weird, ultraviolet thing that I don't know what they thought it did. And now we could wear it up to like 10 days and it's still going to protect you, which I don't know how that's even possible. But it just, it changed dramatically throughout the whole time. Which makes <laughs> makes sense, right? I mean, everything's, you know, no pun intended. I know it was 2020, but everything's 2020 in hindsight, right? We look back at it and it's now we can say we should have been doing X, Y, and Z, but we were all kind of running around with our hair on fire. No one knew what to do. So I, I get it. I, I've, you know, I have some sympathy or empathy for them, mm -hmm. but so, but so you guys all kind of stood up and rose, you know, rose to the challenge and fought the fight, fought the fight that whole year. Right. So, yeah. So, yeah, we wore capes back then. Remember, that's yeah, what they used to say. Well, that's so that's what I'm getting at is so we see how invaluable you guys are. And you did that with masks, without masks, reusing masks, using the UV, whatever, to uh, de de desanitize it, sanitize it. Yeah, disinfect it, sanitize it. Yeah. So you do all of that to now all of a sudden, 18 months into the pandemic, you won't get the vaccine, already had COVID, already have immunity. And now it's, there's the door. Your autonomy needs nothing to me. You guys just, so we just won the Super Bowl and now I'm standing up with the ring and I'm going, man, fuck my whole team. This is on Tommy's back. And everyone's going, <laughs> we got guys with broken legs. We got a paralyzed guy. Bob died. And I'm up there just like the TPC. And it's like, that's not how it works, right? I mean, who just retired? No, Tom Brady. That's what I mean, right? Who Tom Brady just retired. That's the guy that he got there with the team. Sure, he's the GOAT, but he got there with a team. And so yeah. to me, what's so absurd is how all of a sudden now, 
he comes in and you guys are get out of here. You're like a little, you know, like a little dog nipping at the ankles. Get out of here. You, you don't want the vax. You mean nothing. Yeah. What is the logic to when y'all hear that? What goes through your minds? What's your response? Just what, what like, how does that hit? Well, more than anything, and I think a lot of medical staff will agree with me, I feel used. I feel abused. I feel like like just that piece of trash tossed to the side, you know, like that one night stand you picked up in the bar kind of. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was great for the moment. Then you're done and you toss it to side. Because, um, I mean, they made millions off of COVID. If you look back just to last year, just off of, just off of government relief money, they made over $400 million at Methodist Hospital. And you can look that up. And that is only government relief money. So they took us, they threw us into something nobody knew anything about. At the time, we didn't know if we were going to live or die. You know, we put ourselves out there, you know, doing this whole new pandemic thing, taking care of everybody regardless, not even worried about our own health, our families, anything else, right? We're just jumping in their head for us because that's what we signed up for. That's what we do. You put the patients first and, you know, you worry about yourself later. And we did that for, what, a good year and a half. No vaccine. We all got sick. You know, everything, everything seemed fine. And then all of a sudden this new thing comes out and, oh, hey, it's experimental. We really don't know anything about it. Don't know what it's going to do to you. But, you know, even though you have a great medical background, we want you just to forget everything you know and just put this experimental stuff in your body. And if you don't, we're going to fire you. But the funny thing is, is if you did, if you did sit down to get that shot, which most people did against their will, you had to sign a waiver saying that Houston Methodist was not liable for adverse reaction. So not only are we going to fire you if you're not going to take it, but if you do take it and something happens to you, tough shit, we're not going to do anything about it. So <laughs> it, it, it's literally, it's just literally ludicrous. And so you used us, you made a shit ton of money to the point where they're even building a brand new hospital in a new location in Houston. The one I got fired from, they built like three new buildings, a parking garage, we never got like bonuses. I think I got one $500 bonus and that was it. And after taxes, it was like nothing. Like, so, I mean, we, they didn't do anything for us, but they kept all that money. And then one last thing I got to say about that is all the CEOs that are making these mandates and that are standing behind them, they were not even there. They, during the whole first part of COVID, they're at home sitting at home for months because they couldn't come in because it's COVID, you know, but they would send their secretaries around our units on their little iPads telling us what a great job we did. And they appreciate our sacrifice and this and that, you know, like, come on, really. That's throwing all the soldiers into war and then not knowing if you're going to survive or not going across the trenches and you're getting blown to pieces and, these are the boys overseas fighting for our freedom. Got to stop the Nazis or whatever. You got to stop the terrorists in Iraq and everyone's championing them. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what kind of weapons they have. Defense contractors are making trillions of dollars. And then you come back to the United States. Hey, go get your own leg. Hey, go yeah. get your own mental health care. 22 suicides a day. That's not on us, baby. That's not on. Yeah. And here's, here's a revolver. Play Russian roulette and sign this waiver that says Uncle Sam's not responsible for adverse reactions from this revolver. Yeah, you, you start to feel a little used. Oh, you absolutely do. And then what's funny, too, is I have all the proof. I have all the emails. They flat out lied to us. He even in emails said it was FDA approved, which it was not. They're claiming it's 100% safe and effective. Well, we all know that's not true because after we got fired, their whole vaccinated staff caught COVID, had to stay home. Then they were even more short-staffed. And then what's really funny is their new protocol now, since they're so short-staffed and my friends there are telling me like no one's even applying to work there, is if you have COVID, but your symptoms are mild, you can still come back to work um, as long as you have mild symptoms. So now you have COVID-positive vaccinated nurses treating the patients, but the unvaxxed healthy ones aren't allowed in. The unvaxxed healthy ones who also caught COVID early on and have immunity from it. Yes, absolutely. But that doesn't matter. So surely it, 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 it's absurd. It sounds absurd. Factually is absurd. 
at some point it has to it has to bite them in the ass, right? I mean, are they facing shortages? Are they loosening up on anything because of that? I mean, at a certain point, like it, it's got to come back because otherwise, why wouldn't they stop? Just keep doing whatever you want. No, you know, the tyrant can keep saying do this, do that, and finally, you know, seventeen eighty nine happens and they chop the king's off, the, the king's head off in France. Like, eventually, the crowd snaps back. What do you know what effects this has had on? I mean, if they're building new wings, building a new hospital, how are they going to staff them? That's a very good question because all my friends there and people I don't even know now are contacting me because they know what I've done this whole time. And now they're one of the first ones to come out and mandate the booster. So all the employees have to take that booster by, don't quote me, I think it's March 30 something maybe. For March 1st, I forget, I have to go look, but it's in like a month, it's next month, and they are freaking out. Like, they don't want that booster, because they already know the first two shots they were forced to, forced into didn't do anything. Now they don't want this other one that's even more experimental that they know nothing about. So they don't want to put, they don't want to take that one, and they're pissed, they're freaking out, and they don't know what to do. And they're already super short staff. They even have, they're even giving nurses trying to say like $35,000 sign-on bonuses. And my friends are like, no one's applying. They're not hiring anybody. Like they're short staffed. It's just, it's ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. And then after this, this new mandate coming around next month, they're going to lose even more people. And then now like even the patients and the patient's family members are contacting me and everybody hates them. Like the patients are getting horrible care. They're being treated shitty by, you know, the nurses and the physicians who are burnout. And it's just like, nobody is happy. Like everybody, I haven't heard one good thing about them. Yeah, it, it seems like they're, it seems like unfortunately the, the reaction, the kind of equal and opposite reaction, it's not instantaneous, right? You know, you, you go up to a girl at a bar and say, sup, bitch, she's going to smack you. And rightfully so, right? And but Absolutely. You, but you get that response instantly versus, yes. you know, if you, I don't know, I don't know, pretend it's 1940, you write someone a really mean letter, you're going to get a really mean letter. It just might be like three weeks later. It kind of yeah. seems like, unfortunately, it's it's just a waiting game because you know you're the one talking out you're the one that i'm talking to but that just means to me it's the tip of the iceberg and all these people that played the game of russian roulette oh god i survived the first one oh, i survived the second shot now you're feeling on top of the world you're like well i survived the two russian roulette games so why don't you do it but now all of a sudden the goal post the goal posts move and it's all right well now you gotta do this booster roulette and so not only are you now freaking out because you got to jump back into this thing? And not only you're angry because I already played your game of Russian roulette. What it also then shows is, Oh, so why in the world would it stop with one booster? If you've, if you've now lied about the first thing, it's not just that I'm angry about the second, you now know what it implies. You now know it implies forever. Oh yeah. And God knows how many boosters are going to try to come out with. I mean, they're going to have like track marks down their arm from like every injection put into them. And then it's, it's insane. Cause even with us, before they fired us, they were denying the majority of the religious and medical exemptions. They were taking people with like actual serious medical conditions that didn't want it and telling them basically tough shit. That doesn't matter. Your exemptions denied. And either you take it and cross your fingers or you, or you lose your job, you know, and, and some people quit like along the way because they couldn't handle it. Some, a lot of people that were there for a long time actually retired. So there you'd see a bunch of emails of, oh, this person's retiring. Well, you knew why, because they didn't want the mandate. <laughs> there was a bunch of them. And um, a really funny thing about the whole thing is when, when they first came out, they were one of the first ones to even get the shot, right? Back in like December of 2020. So when they first got it, they only offered it to like their very elite VIP rich patients. And I know that for a fact. And then they offered it to the employees, but only like 40% of them even took it on their own, like just wanted it. That was it. 40% out of like 27 or 30,000 people. Then after that, they gave you what was called the hope bonus. So it was a $500 bribery bonus. If you took it by a certain date in like March, you got 500 bucks. 
So they got a bunch more on that way just to get the money because they knew there'd be a mandate anyways. But then after that was over, you were left with thousands, thousands of employees still didn't want to take it. So unfortunately, only a couple, almost a couple hundred of us were left at the end to be fired that stood strong till the end. But the rest of them, some quit and the rest of them that took it, they only took it because they had no choice, right? They couldn't, they were going to lose their jobs, their paycheck, couldn't feed their family. They were scared. I saw people in the hallway shaking, crying. Some nurses had to go to the doctor, get anxiety medicine because they couldn't handle it. I mean, people would call me because everyone saw me on the news. So everybody knew like, okay, reach out to this girl. She's like the only one fighting back. I mean, they would call me hysterical. I'd be on the phone crying with people I've never met because they're begging and pleading for help. And I'm like, there's, I, like, there's only so much I can't control this. You know, I'm just trying as hard as I can. But the rest of those people, they all sat down in that chair, bawling, getting forced against their will. And Methodist is so damn proud of that. They will, they will, they will just big smiles up and down all day long saying, we're 99% vaccinated. Well, yeah, because you held a gun to their head and forced them to do that. So if you're proud of that, shame on you. Like, I wish, I wish you could be that uh, woman in the bar talking to me because I would love to slap you across the face. <laughs> it's, it's so insane. It's- so you got to start, and this is, and I guess now I should clarify, I'm, I'm speaking for Tommy, not for you, because obviously, as you are involved in a, a legal case, but at a certain point, you have to start, you have to start speculating. I mean, there's always things that bosses do, or your parents do growing up, they don't agree with. And then later on, you're like, oh, maybe that was the right thing. And then sometimes not even that. And but you realize you're like, oh, but they're flawed, just like I'm flawed. We all mess up. We, you know, we all look back and okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Okay, but this, you know, this, the idyllic sense is, well, it's a hospital. We should always be going to like the most employees, helping the most people. All right. Well, then you could be like a little more realistic and being like, well, maybe these people have an idea of something. Maybe it's like a new person coming in charge and they want to make a name for themselves. Maybe they're genuinely scared shitless. They're like, it's a pandemic. What is it? Is it a bioweapon? You know, as far as I'm concerned, shut up, just take it. We have, you know, greater good. You know, that's a slippery slope. But OK, let's well, maybe that's an idea at a certain point, though. I mean, you have to start and this is where I speak for myself and not for you. You have to start wondering what financial incentives are not just not the government reimbursement, but I mean, doc, we know for a fact, I interviewed Gerald Posner, the best-selling author of his book, uh, Pharma, all about the Sackler family and the kickbacks that the uh, doctors would get for prescribing Oxycontin in the nineties and two thousands, very real kickbacks, like traceable, like traceable paperwork and following money and getting access to timeshares and getting nice cars. And Pfizer paid the biggest fine in pharma history. Was it 2009, 2.3 or 3.2, whatever it was, at least $2.3 billion. And they all, they denied that all that was happening at the time. You got to start wondering how many of, cause it's, you try to bribe every nurse, more people are going to talk. You can't keep that many people quiet. You maybe go to one CEO who controls a whole hospital, and that CEO can hide behind the argument of it's for the pandemic, the greater good. And maybe that works for like 30 days. Maybe you kind of go along with the bullshit, but they're now losing people left and right. There's a clear financial gain as they're building up the hospital infrastructure. At a certain point, I mean, I don't think it's very tinfoil hat to go. Oh, these guys were definitely not even in some like dark shadowy way, just like they were in the 90s and 2000s. Some rep went and went, met with them, wined and dined them. And it was like, look, we're not going to give you any money. But, you know, we got this great, you know, you want this in whatever stock options or insurance plans or you want access to this timeshare or you want access to this car. or Maybe we can help you out. If you ever decide to get out of private practice and you want to be a consultant, we can give you $700,000 a year. All shit that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that? It's not like this happened in like 1903 and it's like, well, Tommy, you're reaching back 120 years. This happened 13 years ago. This yes. happened 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that, and I'm not I'm not to put words in your mouth again, because I don't want you to get screwed legally. But I mean, is that not a thought that goes through your head? Is that something that you've heard from other nurses? Like, hey, man, 
who's cashing the checks? Because we're getting 500 bucks for this. Somebody's getting a new Bugatti. Like somebody's <laughs> getting a new pool in their home. Right? Oh, I know. And it's not us. It's not the ones who actually did the work. It's the ones that stayed at home and watched us do the work are the ones getting all the money. But I guarantee it with 100% of my body, may I drop dead tomorrow. They are financially gaining. This is all about power and money. I mean, there's no way it's not. like That's the only thing that could drive this right now because it doesn't scientifically, medically, or even like ethically make sense. It's a direct violation of the Constitution, the Nuremberg Code, everything out there put in place. This is a direct violation of. So I'm sure, I mean, we already know they have over $4 million just off of government funding. Imagine what Pfizer, the CDC, FDA, what they're all getting paid because they were the first ones. You always got to have that trial study. You got to have those first people to do something because nobody else was going to do it. No, everybody else was just sitting back waiting to see how that happened and how it was going to all fold out before they all started jumping on board. So nobody, nobody wants to be the first one, you know, unless you're getting something for it. So obviously, and I had friends down at the main campus that was telling me, oh, yeah, we saw that CEO like months ago walking around, you know, with people from the FDA and the CDC. So, I mean, it's it's going to all connect the dots, but it, it's pretty obvious. And um, this one's what's really funny. Tell me if this doesn't sound like a conflict of interest to you. So the main CEO of Methodist, Mark Boom. His wife, Julie Boom, you can look this up so you can Google it. She works for another hospital nearby named Texas Children's. She is the head of the vaccine research department and directly funded by the CDC. And that's his wife. So, I mean, come on. like That's just a coincidence. (laughs) And you're a crazy conspiracy theorist, and I don't want to hear any more of it. Exactly. So... If I can ask, what have you been doing? Because you you were fired, correct? Oh, yes, I was fired. I was not going to file an exemption. I was not going to quit. They were going to they were going to make my ass walk out the door. And and you would have loved the way I left, too. It was amazing. They will never they will know it was better than that. (laughs) It was better than that. So the, uh, June 7th was our last day. Then we had a two-week unpaid sus- suspension leading to termination, which was June 22nd. So I had already done a couple protests in front of Maine Methodist, blew it up. Like everybody was going crazy on them. I even had, this is how, how bad things were getting for them. I even had, this is just one example, but there were thousands. I literally had a woman call me from New York, right? And we're in Texas. And she's like, oh, we're so upset what they're doing to you. She's like, I actually have a group of 50 moms and all they do is take turns all day just calling Methodists to tell them how horrible they are. And that was from the other side of the country. So it was it was amazing. So on June 7th, our last day, our last shift, I organized a huge protest in front of our hospital. And um, basic, and basically the way it worked, you know, you wear your uniform, you got to keep your mask on all day. You are not allowed to take that mask off in the hospital. Like if you literally take it off, security will come up to you and tell you to put that mask on, even as an employee. So I had already ordered and printed out like all these um, protest shirts. Like it says on the front uh, Methodist Hospital with a line going through it. I can mail you some. It'll say uh, my job or uh, term. What did it say? Vaccination or termination? On the back it says the jab or my job. So I brought it with me. So at the end of my shift, when I clocked out, I ripped my shirt off, put on my protest shirt, ripped my mask off, walked through the hospital to, to my director because she told me to meet her there. So she looked at me crazy when I walked in wearing my protest shirt with no mask on. I'm like, I clocked out. You can't tell me shit. You just fired me, right? So she wanted me to sign all this stuff. And I said, I'm not signing any of your shit. I'll take it with you to my lawyer so he can see it, but I'm not signing anything. And then I walked out the back door um, to, since I had organized this huge protest and everybody helped me, I go out to the street, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably at least 500 people standing there cheering, screaming, holding signs, waving American flags. The news media was, there was like 10 or 15 news media there all waiting to film it 
interview. And like some of the big shots at Methodist were literally standing on the roof watching to see what we were doing. But that whole day they sent out emails to all the employees stating like threatening them, basically saying, if we see you out there in uniform, like with the protest, you could be suspended. Like it was literally like it was insane. And uh, but we we ended with a bang. It was a it was a big fuck you Methodist. And and uh, and it we we took up all the streets. We marched in front cars going by honking. And it, it was it was a, it was a good way out for sure. It seems like what will be their downfall is the boosters in perpetuity, right? Because let's say you're another nurse and they see all that and, you know, whereas you and I are cheering it on, they might be like, dude, I don't want any of that. I got the booster or fine, no adverse events, whatever. I got through it. I'll just slide on by, head down, keep doing the work, keep getting the paychecks, just leave me alone, which I completely get. Yeah. Now, to go back to it, though, can you, I mean, you don't have to name anyone, but do you know people who have said, hey, what did you do to sort of protect yourself going into this, right? You had a lawyer, hey, I'm not going to sign those papers. I know what I can and can't do. I know what this is a violation of the Nuremberg Code, the Constitution. Have you had any other nurses tell you, I'm not doing the booster? Like, what is what is the escape method? What is the, yeah, what is the the bailout plan? Well, and so many of them do not want that booster. I'd say a, at least half of them, if not the majority, don't want it. Um, so basically, their only way out is to file like a try to get an exemption, like a religious or medical. But they're probably going to deny most of them, like they did the first go around. But I tell them all, I said, don't quit. You know, let them fire you. I've even I have so many resources now, like all over the place. I constantly have. People sending me like, okay, if you know any nurses that need jobs, we're not mandating, we're working on this. So I put out their jobs all the time. No mandates apply here. I will help you find a job. There's telemedicine, there's private nursing. There's so many things you can get into with no mandates, right? And I tell everybody, I'm like, let them fire you because if you quit, they love it if you quit because then they don't have to pay unemployment. And then if they're if you do file a lawsuit, it's a little different than wrongful termination. So they want you to quit, but you don't want to. You want them to fire you. And what I'd love to try to get them to do is if I can get all these employees just to pick like a weekend, everybody call off the same day, like two hours before your shift, like thousands of people call out. You can't staff that hospital. You can't do nothing. They will be sitting there like no clue what to do, freaking out and be like, well, we'll come back when you stop the mandates. That would make them stop because you got all these patients and there are no nurses to take care of them. You know, they got to do something. Oh, my mom's a nurse. All my aunts, all my aunts are nurses. I'm very, I'm very aware of, 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 of their value. How do you see what's going to happen? I mean, is this, are we going to have like a handful more examples of nurses like you? And are a lot of people just going to go screw it? I'll keep getting the boosters and whatever the, you know, statistically they probably won't drop dead. And this is all wild speculation. Do you see this eventually hitting a critical mass, not just bad publicity, but do you see it to where at a certain point you got to start going, all right, we love this bragging rights on, you know, I'm making money hand over fist. And I also like to say we're 99% vaccinated, but at a certain point, right. You have so few employees that even just financially, they have to start looking at it and going, you know, theoretically Pfizer's given me whatever, a hundred thousand dollars in kickbacks, but uh, the board of directors is voting to reduce my salary by half because the hospital is going into such a shitter. Just financially, eventually, they'll have to concede, right? I mean, I'm not a businessman. I have a, I'm a biology major. But doesn't that seem like the kind of like the logical end? And and thus, it will only work if people continue to quit. And it's very easy for me, a a single 31-year-old with no kids, no dependents, no nothing, doing a podcast for a living, it's very easy for me to say, you got to rise up and quit. And it's like, well, Tommy, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm still fine. My bills are still paid. Like, you know, (laughs) it's very easy for me to, you guys should all quit. Oh, are you involved in here? No, I've never been to that that hospital. I never will. But keep fighting the fight. Right? I I get it where they may look at it as like, you're detached. You know, you, 
you don't have a dog in the fight. This it feels very good to say, I'm fighting. What are you really doing? You're not doing anything. So do you see it going? I don't even know what the question was in there. Do you see it going that way? <laughs> I lost it. Yeah, too. yeah. I have no. Do you see the logical? Is there a logical end to where the hospital will become so inoperable that that they'll have not even because they all of a sudden grow a heart or something, but because it just? Or do you think that they're just going to go down with the ship? I honestly think they are so arrogant and they will not admit defeat or say anything about them ever being wrong. I think they will take it to the end. And my goal is to destroy them. Like if we don't get it in the fifth circuit, we will file an appeal. We will take it to the Supreme court. Like I want them to be held accountable for it because we have so many whistleblowers and actual documents that we can produce and show all the negligence, not only negligence, illegal activity, unethical, so many things they're doing. Like I want to like make them crash and burn so hard because they're literally destroying people's lives, you know, if not financially or they're harming them. You know how many people that I work next to that after taking the shot, they either got heart conditions, they got tremors, Several people, I, a few people I knew even had miscarriages like within the same week of taking that. They are literally ruining people's lives one way or another and they don't care. And they just, they do not care. I want them to suffer as bad as they, as bad as they possibly can. And the only two things I can tell people, because people reach out to me all the time all over the country who's facing this. And I'm like, bad publicity, lawsuits, hurting them in their money pocket. But that's like all they care about. If they look bad to the public or they got to fork out a bunch of money and get in trouble, only thing they care about. They don't care about nothing else. Right. And I try to tell everybody like and and um, I mean, you have to you have to look at the bigger picture. Yes. I didn't want to lose my job. My kid was starting college. I could not afford to just not have a paycheck, but you got to look at the bigger picture. Like if something were to happen to me, what's more important, you know, down the road, say I die or I become paralyzed or now I can't work and I get, nobody is there. I'm not going to get any money from Pfizer or Methodist or nobody. I'm just screwed. Right. So now the rest of my life is ruined. My family's ruined. And all this was just to keep this paycheck right now. You know, there things can things might get shitty for a minute. It might be a struggle a couple of months, but you'll overcome it. I mean, you'll find another job. There's lots of other jobs out there. Even if you got to get out of your comfort zone, to me, my ethics and my morals and just doing the right thing was more important than money. I had uh, my friends all joke with me because one of the initial reporters that I first talked to he kept questioning me and I got pissed. And I was like, I don't care if I got to eat ramen noodles for two months and live in a tent somewhere. I said, I'm not taking this shit. And I don't care what you try to tell me, you know? So my friends started like buying me ramen noodles and stuff. Yes. And I'm like, I will eat it. I'm good. Like, I don't need that, you know? And I tell people, if all you really care about, if you're only in this for the money, the big house, you know, all that stuff, and you're not in it for the right reason. You're not the kind of person I would want taking care of my family. You know, I'd rather have somebody that's going to stand their ground, do the right thing, stand up to somebody who's harming someone. Like, those are the people that the public wants to take care of them. Like, ever since I got out there, Dr. McCullough, all these great doctors, nurses standing up, everybody in the public says the same thing. They're like, why can't you all just get together, form a hospital? Because everybody wants to go to those people, not the ones that are just bending over, basically taking it, you know, yeah. and, and that's, those are the people that, that they want to go to. Do you think that will happen? I was thinking about that earlier, just during this conversation. I mean, eventually it's got to happen where someone outside Absolutely. of the just make a, a hospital for just, you know, not even just employees. Yeah, no, yeah, for employees. Be like, yeah, no, you don't have the, I mean, there's got to be a business opportunity in there, right? Absolutely. There's different physicians around in different organizations that are working on that. They're looking to create hospitals, clinics, all sorts of things. It's just a huge process and it's going to take a while, but I know of several physician groups that are actually working on that right now. So it's going to take off. And when it does, it's going to blow the rest of them out of the water. The only thing that's going to be hard is they realize they won't be able to take Medicare or Medicaid because then they can be controlled. So they're going to have to, they're, they're looking at ways to find means to make it affordable 
but to where there's no one over them to control them and tell them what they can and can't do. I mean, I feel like eventually the government would have to allow some 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 form of payment because if every employee or the vast majority of employees were ditching hospitals, it, then it, it wouldn't matter. You, you uh-huh. the amount they'd have to pay the remaining nurses at the hospitals who are following the mandates, the you know their their average salary would have to go up to like a million bucks just so they'd work ninety hour weeks every week. Right, and by that point, after getting their tenth booster, they're going to be walking around like a zombie, all twitching. <laughs> It, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. And it's like, was it, man? How worth it was it? You didn't get COVID, but you've got Bell's palsy. Your balls fell off, and you can't walk. Like the hell. But to, to but on a more serious note, you know, you did bring up a good point, right? It's you know what I said earlier is we can look at the sort of pie in the sky ideal. Like eventually, after they fire so many nurses. You know, their heart will tell them they're doing the wrong thing. And it's like, well, that's all bullshit. What's going to happen is, is eventually they're going to realize that they're going to lose their job as the CEO or the chief of medicine because the hospital's performing so poorly. And then eventually you're just going to have to weigh out how much money am I getting back allegedly from big pharma versus how much am I actually losing in my salary financially it then, you know, don't, it's not going to be some ethics. It's not going to be the Grinch having a change of heart. They're going to go the very greed that made them do this in the first place is going to be what's going to stop them. It's going to be that yes. money, whether it's Pfizer yes. or whether it's the remaining salary. In that same sense, what you said earlier about the bigger picture is it's very pie in the sky. Like no nurse with a kid going to college is going to be like, yeah, you know, some of them might be, they might just be hardcore patriots. But if the, the reality is, is most aren't going to be like, is this the onset of fascism? No, they're going to be like, I, I, just give me my paycheck. That won't yeah. matter if the resulting injury you get outweighs any paycheck you'll ever, and by the way, it's not your guaranteed paychecks forever. Now you're guaranteed paychecks until the next booster. And regardless of boosters, you might just get fired regardless of the pandemic. Sometimes you just get fired. Mm -hmm. That will have to start weighing to be like, well, how much money is it going to cost if I get paralyzed or if I get, you know, Guillain-Barre syndrome or whatever it's. So I feel and it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of hopeful. I feel like money will be the ultimate decider, right? Oh, it will. It will, because they, they do not have a heart. Because it's funny you mentioned the, the, um, the Grinch, because I was actually thinking about him, too. I'm thinking, you know, that heart that grew like all big. Myocarditis. But, I know. <laughs> exactly. That's that heart after the 10th booster growing all big and, like, <laughs> popping and exploding. But no, real people aren't like cartoons. If they didn't have a heart to begin with, it's not going to grow any bigger. But um, like the things you were mentioning are happening because I've had people literally tell me that are kind of internal. They're like, yes, like especially the CEO of the entity I worked at, they told me he was being watched, that it was doing so poorly at that hospital that there was actually they were actually threatening his job over it. And these are because I have friends all over and nobody knows they're my friends. So I have all these little people telling me things all the time and sharing with me things. But yeah, his job was severely threatened. And I hope he gets fired because I need to know because I will be throwing a huge party outside that hospital. We're going to run a billboard. I'm going to be like, that's what you get. Like, yes, yes. Because let me tell you what else that that uh, son of a bitch said to me. So his name's David Bernard. Um, long story short, before the mandates took place, we were trying to be proactive, right? So I'm running around the hospital on my day off in some scrubs pretending to be working. And I just made this little petition. So I'm running all over the hospital just to see who agrees with us that, hey, we shouldn't get terminated. So hundreds were signing it, even the ones that took the shot because they were, they didn't agree with being forced into it. But people were so scared. They were literally hiding me in closets. Like putting me in places where no one would see them signing my petition. So someone narked on me. The next day I get a call to go to this big meeting with the CEO, CNO, and head of HR, which was, and I brought a nurse with me as a witness. So it was like an hour and a half long of just bullying and threatening me. They threatened my job. They, the CNO, Becky Chalupa, even like leaned over the table like I was going to be scared of her. And uh, she's like, we heard that you were bullying these employees and uh, making them sign this petition. I know, right? I see the look on your face like, do I really look like I go around bullying people? 
And I got so pissed. I looked at her and I said, you are lying. I said, I will pay for a damn lie detector right now for both of us to take. And we'll see who's lying. Like, I was pissed. It got heated. We started arguing. I tried to negotiate with them. I tried to compromise, but nothing. They were literally like little two-year-olds going, la, 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 you know, and it was just ignoring every piece of data, every piece of anything I could give them to be like, look, this this isn't right to do. Um, and besides the whole couple of things I already told you, he said, he even leaned back in his chair on cocky, right? And he's like, so what makes you think you can come here all by yourself and, and take care of this? Pretty much looking at me like, like, who the hell are you? And what makes you think you can come in here and talk to big, you know, all high and mighty, you know, us? And he, and he did it as he's like leaned back, looking all cocky in his business suit. And I told him, I said, because I, I thought you would give a shit about thousands of employees that are supposed to be under you that, that don't want this and that they're scared, but obviously you don't care. So at the end of the meeting, he even asked me, he goes, so can I tell Mark Boom, the CEO of the whole company that this matter's closed? Cause you know, they sent them to shut me up mm. because the high <laughs> don't want to talk to me. And I said, absolutely not. I said, you need to tell him he needs to meet with me ASAP so he can understand what all these employees are actually thinking. And that man to this day has never reached out to me. He talks shit about me through emails, through the news media, but he won't, he won't talk to me. He never would talk to me. But instead, the very next morning is when he put out that system-wide email um, telling everybody their mandate. So I, I took that as like a direct response to what I was asking for, because it was literally in like a 24-hour window he did that. So remember the whole like cocky, like, Oh, what makes you think you can do this all by yourself? Like, I can't wait to see their ass in court, you know, and be like, isn't it amazing what one person can do when you piss them off bad enough? But that is how all these huge movements starts. And so, so I, so I have a question when you got like 10 more minutes left, I have a question about, are any of these people kind of implementing these things? The, you know, the, just the kind of these stereotypical evil people, in the big suits and the leather, as I'm saying this in a leather chair, like the, the big evil guys, you know, are any of them, because I, I, if I'm correct, and by if I mean correct, I mean from watching the show Scrubs, the chief of medicine, I think, is a, is a doctor, but like all the, the CEO, CTO, CFO, I mean, these are corporations, no no different than McDonald's or, or Apple or, or Google, and that's not like a stab at anyone, it's, it's what it is, it's a business. Yeah. Are any of them medical professionals or are they business administrators? You have both. So mm -hmm. like the CNO would be like the chief nursing operator. Um, so she was actually medical and just moved her way up. Then the CEO is like the chief executive officer. So he's nothing medical. He don't know nothing medical to, to save his life. He's just the business guy in the suit and handling like the business aspect. So he doesn't know any medical. He couldn't do shit if he, if you put him in, in, in front of a patient. So it's kind of like when you see the coach of a football team who used to be a football player and who gets the grind, who understands it. And then, you know, those awkward moments whenever you see like an NFL, like team owner, like walk down onto a field or something. And they always look like the, the monopoly guy in like a three-piece suit you can tell they're just eating caviar and drinking ten thousand dollar champagne and it's so weird it's like seeing a king shaking hands with illiterate farmers like good job <laughs> you're doing a good job and but they'll never love that guy the same way they love the coach i mean they might like him he might not be a bad owner and you know technically he makes it all happen but they'll never have that devotion that they do to the coach right they dump the gatorade on the coach when they win they don't dump it on the yeah. owner Oh, could you imagine if they did? <laughs> but that's what I mean is so, but you can start yeah. to see. So what's the origin of that? One guy is a businessman and the other used to play football or loves football. That businessman could just as easily own stock in Netflix or help produce 747s or sell slippers. And there's nothing wrong with any of those, but he is a businessman. He's not a football player. So by that same logic, you can kind of follow it out to see why they're acting this way because the people mm -hmm. that got into medicine got in there are other things you can do you can use your brain and do you can be a mechanic you can be a, a plumber you can be a, a, a whatever 
but you go into medicine, sure, maybe you like it, maybe it's interesting. I loved biology. But you also go in because you want to help people. I mean, I look at all, I mean, granted, I'm, I'm biased. They're all family members. But I look at all my aunts that are nurses. And above all else, they want to help. They're, they're people mm-hmm. that want to help. You can really see that shining through when it's the business guy sitting back in his chair saying, what are you going to do about this? Versus like, you, you wouldn't see a doctor doing that. And if, you, and if you do, they're few and far between. Most doctors are like a McCullough like a Malone, who will stop what they're doing and they're out there fighting for what's right. Why? Because they got into medicine to help people as opposed to business. Maybe if medicine's not your thing, you can go sell TVs. You can still do business. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's what I'm getting at is you can see where that's where the divide is. It's the it's the mm-hmm. evil owner in the three-piece suit in the back of the limousine versus the football coach who used to play on the team 20 years ago, but he just loves football. And again, like last time, I don't think there's really a question in there. I think I was just ranting, but that's what it that's seems okay. like it is. But doesn't it seem like that's what it is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, how are you going to sit there and dictate to us what we have to do when you don't even know what you're talking about? And I love that whole follow the science and this and that. I said, what, you saw your science on CNN? Like, really, like, show me these are if one more person, so that idiot Fauci, CNN, any of those idiots, right, follow the science. Well, I want you to actually produce the data, the research, show me which science you're following, because my side can give you thousands and thousands of the actual data, research, personal testimonies, the thousands of patients we treated, or this and that, and we can show you the real science, So that's the thing that kills me. Like, how are you going to dictate to people that are in the medical field that understand, I mean, never in the history of medicine have they ever created something right off the bat that's just 100% safe and effective. There's nothing wrong that could possibly happen. And this will just fix life in unicorns and fairylands. And yay, you know, we're humans. We're not God. And even Tylenol can kill you if you take too much of it. There's literally nothing in the medical field that is 100% safe. There's all, I mean, you see the commercials all day long with a little quick blip at the bottom, you know, will cause extreme vomiting, explosive diarrhea or suicide. You might try to kill yourself, but at least, at least, you know, your arm pain's okay, right? I mean, nothing, nothing is safe. So the fact that they're trying to claim this is, it's literally like, okay, you got to get the godlike, you know, activity out of your head and still get back on earth and realize that's not humanly possible. I think some people believe that it's a godlike medicine. I would imagine the ones at the very top probably have no illusions about they're not stupid. They know that this can't cure anything. They're, you know, they're not. The, some people truly are moronic and they're like, this is it. This is the silver bullet. The people that they know it's all bullshit, but it's a money yeah. grab. It's a once in a lifetime money grab. It's a, def- oh, yeah. it's a defense contractor the day after 9-11 going, get the money. Well, the money's good. It's that's what this is. And the idea that the idea that, you know, we've been lied to by the mainstream media to get into the war in Iraq. We, 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 we've been lied to about opiates. We were lied to about the 2008 financial crisis. We've been lied to again. And we've been lied to that Trump was a Russian agent. We've been lied to again and again and again and again. But guys, now they're now they're the, you know, they had a change of heart. They they met God, they whatever. And scouts honor. This is for real. Now, granted, we're in a pandemic, and I know we were just calling all these people heroes on TikTok, and now if you don't get the vaccine, we'll fire you because you're nothing but a cog in the machine. That being said, no, guys, we're telling the truth. Just, I don't know. I call bullshit. Oh, yeah. I call 100% bullshit. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what it is. But if we don't stand up to it and we don't do what we know is right, then we get what we deserve. And if no one yes. quits and if no one gets a lawyer and if no one goes on podcasts or goes on the news or goes and speaks in D.C., then you you really you deserve the, the job that now mandates boosters. If you all you if the only if the only fighting back is everyone sits in the break room and whispers, this is bullshit, well, then you deserve this this new kind of generation or this new lifestyle. If you fight back and give it your all. Well, then we will deserve the new paradigm where this isn't allowed. Mm-hmm. If no one does anything, 
No one can bitch. If dad says, do you guys want to go to McDonald's or Burger King? And you and your brothers all go, and he goes, right, we're doing Burger King. You can't start complaining that you didn't get a happy meal. It's like, well, speak up, dipshit. Speak up. Exactly. Exactly. And I I am 100% with you because freedom is not free. I mean, if you look back, I mean, my grandfather's a World War II vet. My husband fought in overseas in Iraq and that. I mean, he was blown out uh, out of a Humvee. I mean, he's got permanent disabilities. I mean... Every everybody from the history of this country to the world had to fight for their freedom or to defend it, protect it, everything. I mean, look at the crazy stuff that happened with the Holocaust. I mean, just one thing after another, like history will repeat itself. Men can be very greedy, very evil in financial gains. It's not like, okay, that'll never happen again. Like, that's just not possible. So if people don't stand up and fight, then they're just allowing anything to happen. And once you lose your freedoms and they take all that control in every which way possible, then you're done. You're never going to get it back. And I know I don't want my kids growing up in that. I don't want my grandkids growing up like that. Like, I'll go down with a fight until there's nothing left in me. I mean, that's just, I I don't understand. I call them all keyboard warriors because you get a lot of people out there posting all this stuff and oh da, 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 and sharing articles and I'm like well that's great now come meet me over here let's go protest let's go have a rally let's go talk to this lawyer let's do this well uh I'm kind of busy that day and I'm like I'm tired of all these pussies like yeah. like <laughs> like I used to be so much more PC with it but I'm like I'm like, if you're not about to do anything, like, that's fine. I understand that everybody can be tough when they need to be. But just, like, I got more important things to do than to hear your sob story. Like, we all have them. Like, you got to put your big girl and boy pants on and let's go fight to stop this shit. And then it'll, and then it can be done. You know, if every, if think about it, if every single medical professional in the whole country said, fuck you, I'm not coming to work. You know how fast this would have stopped? Like this would never, it would have stopped in a heartbeat, but but you have you have the majority that are scared, and that's why the few have to fight so hard because it's harder to fix it. Then you know. Well, I've done hundreds of episodes about everything that's going on, and over the past two years, I can see that more and more people are standing up, less and less keyboard warriors, and they're actually doing things about this, and. I am hopeful that it's going in the right direction because I think a lot of people are also really starting to realize once these freedoms go away, right now our fight is we got to do a podcast. Oh, it might get banned from you. Well, it did get banned from YouTube and you can't post it on <laughs> Facebook. All right. Take it on Rumble. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, it, that's where it is now. That's, well, there's, that's where this one will be in BitChute and Odyssey and all that good stuff. The fights we're having right now, oh, I got to go to a new platform. Oh no, you you know, you got a lawyer and you had to, you know, you guys had to go protest or something. That's because the freedoms are still on the table. They're just kind of slipping. What happens when they're totally gone is you can't march your way out of it. You can't protest your way out of it. The way to get out of that is when millions of people die. And that's what all of human history has shown. And that's not some call to violence. That's just what it is. You didn't you didn't say Hitler, you know, it's not like there was some slogan with a bunch of German women wearing pink pussy hats going, no more Hitler. Hitler is Schittler. No, they would have been mowed down and burned in crematoriums. How did it how did that finish with with an ocean of steel and blood? And that's mm-hmm. horrific. So get in the fight now where the fight is sending a meme or making a T-shirt or doing a podcast, not mm-hmm. when it is hell unleashed. Yes. And I think. I think we'll close it with that. So Yes, because I agree. Because if we don't win this the fair way, but like you said, I, the, the the sand's shifting, right? The tides are turning. There's there's a lot of us now. So if we don't win this the right way, they're, they're going to be in for something because we it could turn almost into a civil war because you're we are not going to let that happen. You got too many good patriots, too many strong people, and we're not going to just let it go just because like the courts or someone told us no. So they need to think about that because our side's usually a lot stronger and tougher than their side. And it's not only that, it's it's this side, quote unquote, is not for pushing our own belief. No one's saying no vaccines. If you want the vaccine, go get a hundred. I don't give a shit. Go get 
go have a booster with breakfast. I don't care. This is a side of, I, I don't care what you do. Leave me and my loved ones alone. You don't want to talk about Joe Rogan? That's fine. Try to censor him. You don't want to do this? That's fine. Just don't, then you don't have to do it. I'm going to do it. That is why I do believe it will change. Is because it's not about, if this whole side was about no vaccines ever, it, 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 the movement would die in the cradle because it's just, it's just the opposite side of the coin. Mm-hmm. It's about not exerting, it's, it's not about not projecting our force or way of life on everyone. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to, you want a booster? Go for it. You want to be transgender? Go for it. I don't care. I'm going to do me. You do you and peace yeah. out, you know? So that's why I am hopeful. And I'm also hopeful because Dr. Peter McCullough is at the helm and that is a madman. That is a, yeah. that is a, that man is on a mission from God and uh, yes. we got him at the helm. So with that, Miss Jennifer Bridges, thank you so much for coming on here. I will text you the episode when it's up. It'll probably be up in like an hour. And, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I do a quick, quick turnaround. I don't. It's one man operation. And uh, oh, yes, send it to me because I'm going to show it everywhere. Please do. Shill it. Shamefully shill it. Be like, do your part. Share this. And um, yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming on. And keep fighting the good fight. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. God Recording bless. Stopped. God bless America, everyone. Thank you again, Jennifer. <laughs>